Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I'm Denny Somak, and this is The Rock Podcast. As a rock historian, producer, and best-selling author, I've been collecting interviews over the years, thousands of them, and I try and bring you the greatest stories from my archives. On this episode, we're going to present an historic interview that was recorded in November of 1981 with the legendary Phil Lynott, who was a a black Irish singer, bassist, and songwriter. He recorded with Thin Lizzy as well as solo. Now, we primarily know him from his work with Thin Lizzy and, of course, the song The Boys Are Back in Town. Thin Lizzy also released Live and Dangerous in June 1978. It was recorded in London, Philadelphia, where I saw it, and Toronto. And it is considered by many to be one of the greatest live albums of all time. But first, something about Phil. Phil Lynott was born in the West Midlands of England on August 20th, 1949, but grew up in Dublin with his grandparents. I got to tell you, Phil was revered in Ireland. He was exceedingly proud of his Irish heritage and his Dublin identity. I mean, people really love this guy. And he's been heavily celebrated. Like in 2002... He was commemorated with a stamp as part of the Irish Rock Musicians series that also included Rory Gallagher, Van Morrison, and U2. In 2005, a life-size bronze statue of Lynott by Irish sculptor Paul Daly was unveiled on Harry Street in Dublin. On November 27, 2019, the Central Bank of Ireland issued a 15-pound silver commemorative coin as part of the Modern Irish Musicians series, commemorating the 70th anniversary of Lynott's birth in 1949. And in December of 2020, a plaque was unveiled at his childhood home in Crumlin. He's all over the place. A bronze portrait bust of Phil was installed in his birth town of West Bromwich and unveiled on what would have been his 72nd birthday 
on August 20th, 2021. There was a 2020 documentary film about his life and career. It aired on the BBC, and not too long ago, it was released in the U.S. and received great reviews. I recommend it. It's titled Songs for While I'm Away. This interview I'm going to share with you was recorded backstage at London's Hammersmith Odeon on November 27, 1981, during the tour to support their latest album, Renegade. This was the 11th studio album by Thin Lizzy. It's not a very long interview, but there are not a lot of interviews with Phil, and it's, it's informative. Sad to say, his last years were heavily affected by drug and alcohol dependency. He died of pneumonia and heart failure on the 4th of January, 1986. He was only 36 years old. I met Phil a few times, and I have a great story about the last time I saw him in June of 1985. That story, after we hear the interview. So here's my London correspondent at the time with this interview of Phil Lynott. So uh, almost halfway through the British tour, how, how are things going and how are people receiving songs from the new Renegade album? Um, I think they're going down fairly well. I mean, obviously they're expecting us to play the old favourites and uh, there's a couple of critics, you know, come to, to hack away at us, you know, but our supporters are really loyal, so, you know, I, I just hope that they like the new songs as much as I do. Uh, we believe in the songs, you know, and uh, but the tour has been going well, and hopefully it will continue to do so, and the kids will, will like the album, you know. Renegade was recorded in two halves almost. You stopped recording halfway through and did some live live appearances. Yeah, that's right. We uh, we did the first half early in the year, and then we did some summer dates, um, and then we finished it off just in time for the tour. I mean, it only comes out this week, and the tour's been going about two weeks. But uh, that's a lot better than last time. I mean, last time we did the whole Chinatown tour, and the album came out afterwards. So we're ahead of schedule this time. Of course, aside from Renegade, you've been working, Philip, as a solo artist. I mean, you've re you released a, an album at the uh, beginning of, of 1981, right? Yeah, oh, Solo and Soho. Yeah, that was... That's been a... It's been successful in, in a way because it's completely different than Thin Lizzy and it's just experiment for me in different textures of sound. Uh, I've just finished the second one, which is called Fatalistic Attitude, and that'll come out uh, early next year. So hopefully, if, if that does as well as the first one, I'll be happy. In the many years that you've been playing, it's what, 12 years now? No, we've been, the band's been together about 10, 10 years, you know. Do you get fed up with touring and recording, or is it always interesting and exciting the next time round? Yeah, each time it's different, you know. I mean, obviously you get, you know, if I spend too much time in the studio, I'll get fed up with that. If I spend too much time on the road, i get fed up with that. But, like, I can't see myself doing anything else. Um, I know I can't do it forever, so I'm enjoying it while it's going. <laughs> The media have always treated you as quite a character, a bit of a rebel, perhaps. Do you think that as you get older and, and you stick around longer, they're going to respect you more and think you're more conservative? Uh, I think they know me better. Um, conservative isn't a word I'd use with, with Philip Linus, you know. But, uh, yeah, probably I'm getting more responsible. Uh, especially, you know, I've got a wife and I've got two kids. 
And like, I'm not scared of, of the fact of growing old. I, I have no, I don't think, uh, you see, I don't agree with people who say that you have to be young to play music. I mean, I, I'm not saying I'm ancient, you know, but like, I, I see people like B.B. King, uh, Stevie Wonder. I mean, nobody tells me, uh, nobody could tell me at a guess how old Stevie Wonder is. His, his age doesn't come into it, you know. Um, so hopefully, you know, by the time they realise how old I am, I'll be good at making music. <laughs> <laughs> Back to talking about your solo work, you were talking about the textures are different, the sound quality is different. Is that because you used a different producer for the solo albums as opposed to the, the Thin Lizzy band albums? Yeah, well, yeah, well, I'm trying to make a bigger separation between the solo work and the Thin Lizzy stuff. Uh, the, my solo stuff now have really gone off the wall. I'm going into... Uh, I'm, I'm not working... I'm working only in textures. That's the only thing that interests me, textures of sound. I'm not interested in verse, chorus, middle eight, or structure like that. I, my songs on the solo album are definitely getting more bizarre. What's the reaction of Thin Lizzy fans to the solo albums? If they are that different, in your opinion, do they like them? Are they well received? Or, or do you get a lot of criticism for the solo work you do? It's a split vote, really. I mean, you get the Hard and Lizzy fans who just want to hear music just like Thin Lizzy uh, and that structure, which is two guitars, bass drums, and keyboards and vocals. Whereas uh, there's been other people, though, that have come up and said they've really liked what I've done. Uh, and uh, again, I, I think Thin Lizzy supporters are well capable of of uh, getting into two different types of music. Uh, we're not the type of band where you have to like our type of music and no other type of music, you know what I mean? Uh, there seems to be uh, an unwritten law that somebody who likes heavy metal can't like something that's softer. I, I think that's a lot of bull, because I, mean, I myself can, you know, listen to uh, a soft album, you know, to relax, or I can listen to a heavy album if I want to move, you know. The band have been through a lot of changes over the years. People have left the group. Are you happy with the group as it is today? Well, I'm sure you are happy. I mean, what observations do you have about them today as opposed to the people that have worked with you in the past? How, how do you feel about them, for example, composing with you? Um, I've always tried and composed with whoever was in the band. Like, when, when Brian Robertson was in the band, I tried to compose with him, and, and we did some successful stuff together um, and he's a good guitarist he went off and he wanted to have his own band and so that you know he was perfectly entitled to put himself before Thin Lizzy but I don't think anybody's bigger than the band you know I mean even I've got a solo album career and I, I wouldn't put, put myself bigger than the band you know uh, I think Gary Moore too was a brilliant musician, I think, fantastic guitar player. And as a musician, I think uh, he, he, you know, he's probably one of the best musicians that's been in Thin Lizzy. But uh, again, he wanted to go off and do a solo career, and we wrote some nice tunes together. Um, but uh, since then, I just musicianship is. You know, he's just shown his technique rather than than 
playing good good tunes, you know. But it's not for me to criticise what he's done. He's made his own choice, and, and that's up to him. I think Snowy Snowy White is a blues player. You know, he comes from the old tradition. I mean, Peter Green, he's like a Peter Green protege. Peter Green uh, showed him a few licks, and he's worked with Peter Green, and he's worked with Pink Floyd. But his roots are from the blues, the blues boom of years ago. Scott Gurham, he's a guitar, he's totally original. You know, uh, he has his, no matter what guitar he picks up, he gets the same sound out of. And he's got one style and one style, but it's his, you know, it's totally his. So he's the most original of, of all the guitarists that have been. And maybe apart from Eric Bell, Eric Bell was that type of guitarist as well, who was totally original in what he did, you know. That's consequently why we can't play Whiskey in the Jar, <laughs> you know, because it's so much Eric Bell, you see. You've also introduced a new keyboard player on this tour, haven't you? Yeah. Um, I thought our repertoire was getting so big that we needed uh, to change the texture sound behind uh, what was going on. And uh, my mother, of all people, it's easy now, my mother's boy, she's she seen him and she said, He's a fantastic young keyboard player, give him a chance. So rather than uh, get into an argument with my mother, I said, OK, I'll give, him, I'll give him a trial. And he was brilliant, you know, so he got the gig then. That's our interview with Phil Lynott. And now I have a personal story about the last time I saw him. It's really pretty crazy. I was in London at the time, shortly after the infamous Bradford City Stadium fire which occurred during a football match on Saturday, May 11th, 1985, at the Valley Parade Stadium in Bradford, West Yorkshire, England, killing 56 spectators and injuring at least 265. That's the setup for the story. Now here's the story. Jerry Marsden of Jerry and the Pacemakers had decided to make a charity record to aid the families of the victims of the disaster, it was a re-recording of Jerry and the Pacemakers' 1963 number one hit song, You'll Never Walk Alone, from the Broadway musical Carousel, also a football anthem for Liverpool supporters. Now, this new version entered the UK charts and then reached number one on June 15, 1985. They released the record under the name The Crowd, and the single gave Jerry Marsden a first in British recording history by becoming the first person ever to top the charts with two versions of the same song. The band and celebrity members that sang and played on it include Rick Wakeman, Denny Lane, Kiki D, Colin Blunstone of the Zombies, Zach Starkey, members of the Hollies and the Searchers, Peter Cook, John Entwistle from The Who, Motorhead, and Phil Lynott. Paul McCartney contributed some words on the B side of the record, which was titled Messages. So what does all this have to do with me? Well, I was invited to cover the event for NBC Radio. And while I'm there, amid all these people, in fact, I was standing in between John Entwistle and Phil. Next thing I know, I was asked to join in on the background vocals. What was I going to do, refuse? Of course not. And that's how I ended up singing on a number one record. So I hope you enjoyed my story and the interview with Phil Lynott. That's it. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends about this podcast. It's available on all the usual platforms. And, of course, it's free. 
You can find us at the website, therockpodcast.com and on Facebook. You can also send your comments and let me know your thoughts. I read them all. Contact me at hello at therockpodcast.com. So for now, adios. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.